Welcome, welcome everyone to The Enthusiast Life. I am your host, Mark Turcotte. I'm so glad each and every one of you have decided to make me a part of your day. Well, it is Thursday, July 23rd, 2020. It's actually mine and my wife's 15th wedding anniversary today. So happy birthday uh, to Amanda out there, which she never listens to any of my podcasts. So <laughs> she has better podcasts to listen to than this thing, definitely. Uh, but happy anniversary, of course, obviously, to, to the love of my life, to my childhood sweetheart. Uh, but on top of that, we also got some other good things happening today. Today, as many of you listen to this, you may have already seen or just kind of listening to this to buy time as we wait to see the big Xbox stream where they're going to show a bunch of Xbox Series X gameplay as well as specifically the Halo Infinite campaign gameplay that everybody is dying to see. So we're going to be talking about that obviously tomorrow. I would love to know your impressions. Tell me over on Twitter at MarkTurk, M-A-R-K-T-U-R-C, or email me, theenthuselife at gmail.com. I would love to know your thoughts on what it is that they show. And even if you want to just gush about the Halo stuff, let me know or hey, maybe they show something and we all hate it. Let me know your thoughts on that. <clears throat> but I did ask you guys to tell me some of your favorite Xbox One games, so we are going to get to that a little bit later on in this episode. But first up, I got a couple quick news stories I want to get to, and the first of all, or the first one, is in regards to Final Fantasy XIV. Now, if you've been listening to The Enthusiast Life here over the last year, you know that this game has just completely captivated me, and I've become completely obsessed with this game, and I have a lot of, actually, even people in our Discord <clears throat> who have kind of brought over to the game uh, who have even been playing themselves. Well, it was announced today that starting on August 11th, players will now be able to play all of A Realm Reborn. So up until this point, you could only level up to level 35. Uh, Realm Reborn basically goes up to level 50, I believe is where they would cap you, or maybe it was 55. <clears throat> and then you go into the Heaven's Ward content. Well, as of August 11th, you get all of Realm Reborn and even all the Heaven's Ward content. So you can level up to level 60 and play it all. That's amazing. That's incredible because that's what I think a lot of people just kind of needed to be able to play, to be able to jump into that content. Because, hey, Realm Reborn, when you go through it, it's somewhat of a slog. They are going to kind of trim the fat um, with kind of this new re-release of it, if you want to say, or kind of a new version of it. Um, but Heaven's Ward is where it really starts to kick in and where the impact of everything that happens in Realm Reborn, you really start to see. And the story of Final Fantasy XIV will actually draw you in, just like it did me, and I guarantee you it's going to draw you in. Um, so now, starting August 11th, everybody can experience that and not just play up to that level 35. At that point, kind of feels like a slog, kind of feels like you're just kind of doing you know, much of the same things. Obviously, the dungeons are fantastic in Final Fantasy XIV. So even playing up to 35, you get to see some of that, a little glimpse, but you don't really get to see how they expand on a lot of those dungeons and when mechanics really come into play. Um, so I think that's huge. Absolutely huge. I mean, if anybody's ever been interested in playing this game, um, do yourself a play uh, 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 favor and go check this out. You're also going to get three of the... Um, uh, classes that were even locked behind Heaven's Ward. So you'll get the Astrologian, the Dark Knight, and even the Machinist absolutely free. So this is uh, super, super cool that they're doing that. And I guess even if you only owned the base game, they're also going to give you just Heaven's Ward for free. So there you go. Get in there, play some Final Fantasy XIV. If you've heard me gushing about it and think it may be something for you, I can't stress enough to check that game out. It is super, super fun. Now, if you can't get enough of MMOs, it's been announced that Star Wars The Old Republic is actually coming now to Steam. Um, so this was a game that was always on um, EA um, on uh, Origin. 
You could only play it through there. And obviously this launched back in 2011. It was a, a monthly fee game. It did go free to play shortly thereafter, uh, but did limit you on some content within that that space if you didn't pay. Uh, but now you can jump right in. So you can go in there and just play through so much of the content, play all the campaigns, which really, if you just want to play like a good Star Wars story, Star Wars The Old Republic has eight of them because there's eight different classes you can play as and you can play through those campaigns from start to finish pretty much solo as if you're playing like a Knights of the Old Republic game and they have full-on cutscenes, voice cutscenes, the quests are all voiced, all of that. Um, so if you just want to play some Star Wars content, Star Wars The Old Republic is well worth your money because it's free. You're not spending any money. Just go <laughs> go to Steam and get on there, especially if you've been one of those people that never really wanted to put um, you know, anything up onto uh, or download Origin. Um, this will just be a great thing, I think, for you to uh, jump into and give it a shot. Lots of awesome stories there, kind of on the Star Wars side, uh, just through Star Wars The Old Republic. Now, speaking of Star Wars, here's a rumor. As, as Comic-Con's getting kind of in full swing today, things are starting to kind of ramp up here with Comic-Con at home. And I'm not going to dive too deep into some of that because I didn't get a chance really to dig through some of it. But this is going to go all through the weekend. Uh, lots of panels are going to be happening. I'm sure we're going to have tons of news uh, on top of just the Xbox news we're going to have tomorrow, which isn't part of Comic-Con, but that's where we're going to be focusing tomorrow. Um, but I'm sure we'll be getting into some of that next week for sure. Uh, but it's rumored right now that Donald Glover is going to be reprising his role as Lando in a Disney Plus series. Now, honestly, nothing really surprising about that. Uh, I think that just seems to be kind of the, uh, um, you know, uh, thing that people were kind of thinking or hoping for. Personally, for me, I really enjoyed Solo. Like, I thought Solo was a great movie. I think so many people didn't see it because they were so jaded by The Last Jedi. I think Solo, if you could get past the different actors playing those characters, it was such a great, just fun Star Wars movie. You didn't have to think much. You didn't have to think of, like, where this fits into the, you know, the pantheon of the stories compared to the other films and all the, you know, extra material that's out there. You could just go in, enjoy it, and have a good time. And, and it was kind of... I don't want to say upsetting, but I was a little disappointed when we heard that it didn't do that well and that they were kind of scaling back any production on any of these films outside of the main, you know, trilogies. And Donald Glover, his portrayal of Lando, Lando was fantastic. So like for him to not be used again was just going to be kind of a, a loss, I think, for many people. So the fact that he may be coming back reprising this role um, is good news, I think, for Star Wars fans because seeing him back in that and especially if it's going to be somewhat of this Disney Plus series you know you don't have to rely on are we going to make enough money at the theater all that can kind of go out the window and kind of like the Mandalorian people can just have fun with it I mean I think that's the one thing that the Mandalorian showed is that you can have a story in the Star Wars universe that maybe we don't know all the characters sure there's some mystery there and people are speculating so much about it but we can just have fun with it and just roll with it um, and I think a Lando series would be great. I mean, obviously, we're getting an Obi-Wan series. We know that. Um, that's going to tie directly, obviously, to everything else. Lando, sure, being a big-name character from that original series, in theory, should tie into everything. But I think because of just the role Lando plays in those films, that he's I don't want to say he's a secondary character, but he just kind of shows up, does his thing, saves the day, and moves on. Like, there, there isn't this whole backstory. Sure, the expanded universe got into him a little bit, but... And in the Disney world, we've thrown a lot of that out the window. So we can have a series where every episode, it's just this, I don't want to say monster of the week mentality like we have with The Witcher, but you could almost do that. It's like, hey, here's this adventure with Lando this week and just 
let it roll. And then we just move on to the next week and just have that. And, you know, of course, I'm sure there's going to be some overarching story, but I think a Lando series would work well as a somewhat serialized series. I think that um, is great. I think that would be uh, just a great, great series to have. Um, not only just to Star Wars fans, but to add as an addition to Disney Plus, because we're getting that with the MCU content. Um, so I think it's going to be a, a good fit for sure. All right. Well, that's going to be it for the news today, guys. I'm a little bit strapped for time today as I'm recording this. We've had some things happening here in the area, and uh, I have been deemed kind of unbeknownst to me as the site coordinator for an associate testing site for COVID-19. So that kind of came out of nowhere in my lap over these last few days. Um, So I need to uh, cut the podcast here a little bit shorter than what I had originally planned. Uh, But it's happening today as you guys are hearing this. It's probably already done and over with. Um, So I can definitely head home, watch the Xbox event, and then dive into that on tomorrow's episode. But the topic for today was talking about the Xbox one and just kind of thinking about some of the favorite our favorite games that were on that platform and that kind of came out here over the years and uh you know for me up to this point i had pretty much been an xbox player the only reason i went to the ps4 first with this with that generation was because of guardian radio because destiny was going to have bungie was putting exclusive content on the playstation and that's kind of where i just figured i needed to be there you know i can't have content that i can't play and i can't access so i had to be playing it on the PlayStation. And so I didn't get an Xbox One at launch. And actually, you know, I was kind of happy I didn't at first because kind of just seeing how games were going there. Um, you know, games were running better on the PlayStation. And at that point, we had built an awesome community with Guardian Radio. And I had a lot of friends that kind of switched over um, to the PlayStation because that was the biggest thing I had missed was my Xbox Live friends. But I got a you know, bunch of new friends, let's say, over on the PlayStation side. So I wasn't too, too hurt. But that all kind of changed when my son actually for Christmas wanted an Xbox because we had the PlayStation. He wanted the Connect because he was used to playing like Wii games. And so shortly after the Xbox One launched, we did get an Xbox One for him for Christmas. And so we had one in the house, but I still continued to not really play it until the Master Chief Collection came out, which obviously for me, you guys, if you listen to these past few episodes, you know I'm a Halo guy. So the Master Chief Collection was something I just had to get, but... It was somewhat disappointing based on the fact that just it didn't really run that well when it first came out. I mean, obviously, today you go and play it, it's it's like night and day from how it used to be, um, but it just didn't run that well. So that was a bit of a disappointment. Um, and then, of course, Halo 5, that was a game that was the, the first game I personally bought for myself on the Xbox One and um, obviously played through that game. People can, you know, people are very hot and cold on that. A lot of mixed receptions for me. I enjoyed the campaign, wasn't the greatest, obviously, compared to some of the things we've had in the past from Bungie, but I really enjoy the multiplayer of Halo 5. It's very different than all the other Halo games, but when I go back and play it now, it's very, just, it just feels good. It plays a lot faster. It's kind of like the perfect blend between the original Halo games and um, current shooters, kind of where shooters were at that time, because another game that was huge on the platform, of course, is Titanfall. Titanfall was that big kind of bombshell game that when people found out it was coming exclusively to the Xbox, uh, people were just dumbfounded. Hey, the guys that made Call of Duty Modern Warfare left and started their own studio and they're making this game called Titanfall that you're walking on walls and doing all this stuff. And so you even saw games like the Call of Duty series had to adapt to that. So Titanfall, even though that game didn't really have a campaign, the multiplayer was a lot of fun. I actually did jump into that. I was playing it on PC. I bought it on PC because we weren't I just wasn't buying Xbox games at the time. Um, But for what that game did, I think for the shooter genre was awesome. Awesome, awesome game. And obviously 
Titanfall 2 is incredible. You know, Respawn just made one of the best shooter campaigns out there. It's so much fun to play. Uh, it's an absolute blast. And you just meet a very, very cool robot that you will never forget, I think, in any game that you play. So if you've never played Titanfall 2, I highly recommend you do. I'm, honestly, I'd probably recommend you get like EA Access because you would get access to it through that just for, what, five bucks a month or you can probably get a free trial or I think a lot of times they do like one month for 99 cents. Just do that. Get yourself into some Titanfall 2 and uh, just play through that campaign. It's awesome. And of course, the multiplayer continued um, to just be be awesome. Um, that generation of games too, I guess we did have The Witcher 3 come out. Um, you know, The Witcher 3 obviously is just an awesome RPG. There were so many games that kind of try to adapt what they did. We saw the Assassin's Creed series completely change itself in the way that they were working you know running games so they completely changed that um and just going more rpg and so witcher 3 i think a lot of people do equate to that especially the xbox one x version of that game that runs a lot better a lot of people equate that um i think to it for sure um destiny 2 obviously i'd be remiss if i didn't bring up destiny 2 that was obviously one of the bigger games that came out on the xbox one um people absolutely Love that game, of course. Uh, it wasn't the lead platform, but I know for a lot of Xbox players, that is a game that they probably put countless, countless hours into. Um, so that is a, a huge, huge game. I'm going to bring this up here, and even though it just recently came out, but we've kind of been hitting these games kind of all along here, and that's Fantasy Star Online 2. The fact that Xbox and Microsoft was able to make that happen, I think that is amazing, even though it's only been out for a few months. Um, the fact that they pulled it off and got it on the Xbox, um, I think is great. Um, trying to think of the, like, obviously we look at some of the, um, you know, a game like Sea of Thieves, the kind of launch didn't have such a great launch per se, but now that's, it's becoming much more feature complete. They're adding a lot to it. They've been able to do a lot with that game. I think it's, it's, uh, kind of on the right path. They're actually putting out some new update, uh, where there's like horror elements to the game and, and they have, I think they surpassed, I forget how many concurrent players, but there's a lot of people checking that game out, especially being that it's on uh, Game Pass. There's no reason not to, there's no reason, you know, to not be checking that game out. Um, Gears of War, we had both uh, Gears of War 4 and then 5 recently come out. Uh, Gears 5, I'm sorry, I should say. Those games continued uh, with what the original did. Uh, especially 5, I think, did a lot, just kind of in, in the way that game plays. Some people didn't enjoy 4 as much, um, just because it seems so cookie cutter, uh, almost like Gears of War Judgment, but 5 really kind of took it to that next level. Um, and a lot of people, I think, equate that game now to, to the platform. Um, when I tweeted out to you guys, wanted to know what games you equated it to, definitely had a lot of people mentioning um, Destiny 2. Uh, this one, TCW, he's actually one of our Discord members, he mentioned Minecraft. And he said, it is the first game my daughter has shown interest in and has allowed me to introduce her to the gaming world. We play together with her on the sticks, and it's the most fun I've had gaming. So Minecraft, even though it was out on those previous platforms, it really, I think, found its own on the Xbox One. That was even my kids were even playing it uh, on the Xbox One. And so I know a lot of people kind of gravitated over that um, on, on that platform. I think we'd almost be remiss to not bring up Fortnite. Fortnite, of course, was a huge game also on the Xbox. Um, it's a game that my son still to this day plays nearly daily with his friends. Um, PUBG, PUBG hit first console hit was the Xbox One. So uh, J17 Falcon, another one of our Discord members, um, did mention that uh, that was a game for him and even Apex Legends he brought up. So if anything, kind of the battle royale genre kind of went into its own um, in this generation and specifically with uh, with the Xbox. Um, I think uh, the Forza games. This came from Yoki Dog over on Twitter. He mentioned the Forza games, mainly three and four. Um, those games continue to be juggernauts for Microsoft. 
Um, when those games come out, they're always just just beasts of games. And now the fact that they're on Game Pass, you can't go wrong. And you know what? I think maybe that's what we need to bring up. You know, we can mention all these games, but what about Game Pass? Like Game Pass is the thing that really brings everybody all these games, or you can play them. It doesn't matter whether you own them or not. You're going to get access to these games under one subscription, which gets you Xbox Live and gets you access to this just incredible catalog of games. So if anything, I think that's the thing that the Xbox One needs to best be known for. I mean, and you go all the way back, it was going to be this box in your house, you know, and originally you weren't going to be able to play used games. It was always online with the the Connect and all the, you know, the Don Matrick, Matrick when he did that whole presentation <laughs> way back for the Xbox One, you know, it was a mess. It's taken some time, but I really think Xbox is on the right path and they're doing the right thing that needs to be done, putting the gamer first. I know talked about this on the show a lot of people are a little kind of weirded out at the fact that we're not getting these first party games but i don't think microsoft that's not what they care about anymore they just want you in the ecosystem and want you playing these games and game pass is the ultimate game for for xbox for microsoft this is their game you get all the games with it essentially that's what they're doing and um hopefully the the event that's happening today as you guys are listening to this whether you've already watched it or this is before then Hopefully they don't make some of the mistakes of the past like they did with that Xbox One reveal um, event that just kind of train wrecked the whole launch of everything. Hopefully they bring it. And I can't wait to see not only what the studios they picked up have to show, um, but of course what 343 has to do with Halo Infinite. So uh, there you go. Well, guys, tomorrow on the show, we will be breaking down the Xbox event. I'm just super excited. Cannot wait to see what they're going to show. Again, as many of you are listening to this, it's probably already happened. And uh, tomorrow, we're going to be breaking it all down. We're going to spend some time going through just everything. I want to talk about all the trailers, all the announcements, everything about it. We'll be going through that tomorrow. So uh, with that, of course, you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkTurk, M-A-R-K-T-U-R-C. Let me know on Twitter what you thought of the event, and we can bring some of that onto the show. Or you can email me, theenthuselife at gmail.com. Email me. You can find both those links down in the show notes to this episode and uh, let me know, and we'll bring that on to the show. So with that, everybody, thank you again, as always, for tuning into the show. And until tomorrow, we'll catch you next time.